Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. It's hump day. Woo-woo! Hump day? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Thank you for making us a part of yours. Jake Scott with you live from our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios. Austin Horton across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson. The one, the only, and I mean this sincerely today, the world famous... Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm I'm still standing. How are you? <laughs> Haunted from 20 years ago, apparently. Uh, yeah, yes, you are you are legit famous today. How does it feel? 22 years. Yeah, 22. What I lose track of, yeah. Uh, how does it feel? Yes, how does it feel? Mm. So-so. So-so? Why so-so? <laughs> Just because. Something I wrote 22 years ago got to come back and get me now. Uh, yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, Darren Ravel, of all people, uh, who has 2 million followers on Twitter, <laughs> who used to work for ESPN. Didn't he work for like CNBC at one point? He, he covers the business side of sports. He's currently... He works for Action Network, I guess. But anyway, he sent out a tweet today. The tweet says, This day in 1998, Jazz win Game 1 of the NBA Finals, 88-85 in overtime. Salt Lake Tribune columnist says the next day the series, or says the next day, excuse me, the series is over. Chicago Tribune columnist actually turns out right. Bulls win four of next five, and MJ wins sixth and final title. The other columnist, by the way, so the the two uh, columns are juxtaposed on the tweet. The other columnist is Skip Bayless, randomly. And, uh, of course, the headline on the Gordon Monson column in the Salt Lake Tribune, count on it. Jordan will walk off court as loser this season. Now, a couple things. First of all, Patrick Kinahan wrote that headline. So there should be uh, thanks for that assist. That was a little more aggressive than what I wrote. Did really? he also, did he also write that he'd put 10 billion on it? Probably not. Uh, that, but, that is my favorite my favorite uh, uh, paragraph in the column, I must say. Look, I, I haven't even reread the column. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't read that column since the day I wrote it. And I don't even know what's in there. But I, I, I will say this. I mean, Jonathan Carl, what the hell happened? 
You had that series. You should have won that series. Wouldn't that have been great if after the Jazz lost 102 points in game three or whatever it was, if and everyone was counting the Jazz out at that point, you know, wouldn't that have been fantastic if they'd come back and won that thing? Oh, man, that would have been sweet, but they let me down. So... Uh, what can I, I say? Yeah, I mean, I'm still getting blamed for that loss. I mean, come on. It wasn't up to me. You you say the the column was softer than uh, than the headline, but it starts out saying it's over the 1998 <laughs> final NBA Finals done through finished PK. No, no, I'm sure that's how it starts. Hmm. And and read that read that paragraph in there, Austin. That uh, that stood out to you because this is a very Gordon paragraph. This this type of thing still exists uh, today. Uh, it says here, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I would lay down say ten billion. Oh, I wrote that. <laughs> ten billion dollars? Uh, no, I, I I more mean that's very Monson because you do like to set the stakes. Very steep. The, the, the paragraph before that. Michael Jordan, if he chooses to retire, will walk off the court for the last time as a loser in the finals for the first time. So it, it actually so the sounds like... quotes Yeah, your, the, the headline yeah, really grabs hold it. Hold on. <laughs> grabs the bull I, by the I horns. I said a loser in, in, the last, in, the, in these finals. I didn't say that he'll walk off the court a loser like he is a loser. Well, that's not what the headline says. The headline says off court as a loser of the, of the game. The Pull, pulling from the column. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like directly from the column. What does it say in the, in the, in the headline? Count Read on it. it. Count on it. Jordan will walk off court as loser this season. It says this season? It yes. does say this season. Okay. All right. And my apologies to PK. Wait, uh, you've been blaming PK for that for since it happened. Well, he, I wasn't just blaming him. He, was, he used to laugh about it. He still does. He did that on purpose. Yeah, but you did, anyway, you did write that in the column. Michael Jordan, did, if he I chooses did. to I, retire, will walk I, off the court for the last time as a loser in the finals for the first time. It's actually a really good column. Yeah, sure. I like but the column. But it's fun to, to have fun with it. You know what? I, I, <laughs> I, and I do like uh, reading 1998, Gordon, because actually very similar to 2020, Gordon. And I think that I mean that as a compliment. You don't think I've gone soft? Yeah, maybe a little bit, because don't we all? But, you know, I, I'm talking about personality in, in written form. Yeah. Mm. Well, let's just say that after I wrote that column, believe me, that stirred up a whole lot of stuff. And when I went back to Chicago, I, literally, Rick Tellender wrote a column about me, you know, and the fact that I wore Jordans. <laughs> Love those shoes. Anyway, uh, and, and, and I, I told you guys I was invited to appear on that show with David Halberstam. May he rest in peace. And uh, it was, I was greeted left and right by all my media buddies uh, during that period of time. And uh, it's all right. I mean, I took my shot, and I, 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 made, I was wrong, but I shouldn't have been. Well, you're wrong a lot, so I wouldn't worry about that. Play it, Austin. Please play it. Okay. Play what? I don't know. I, I don't know what you're... I'd agree with you, Gordon, but then we'd both be right. I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> that's such a good one. I like that one a lot. Hmm. Sorry. but it's So true. I was... 
I, uh, forgive me, I was wrong on that one prediction. And I've been wrong on other predictions, too. I mean, that's part of it. What do you think I am? Uh, predictions, uh, opinions, what, 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 directions. What, 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 You've been wrong on a lot. Madam yeah. Ruth, the fortune teller here, back to the crystal ball. I mean, we're all guessing at some point, aren't we? Correct. That's why sometimes, I, you know, people get into predictions. I'm not worried so, about predictions. So give me, give there- me opinions. Why is Darren, whatever his name is, why, why, why is he bringing this up at this point? What happens first? Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Uh, <laughs> well, when I saw it, my first guess why I was doing it was uh, some sort of personal vendetta with you. No. And then that, then that makes sense. That so. does, yeah, right. No. Not at all, but it makes me wonder. I mean, Darren, you want me to go back and read through all your stuff and check out the times you were wrong? Uh, Another assist to the DJ and PK show. Uh, DJ is the one who gave me the idea for that column. So you're don't blame this on. Yeah, DJ. you are really passing the buck today. No, I'm just saying that he came to me and said, "Do you know that the team that loses game one loses 86 percent, whatever it is?" You pass aggressive little punk. And I said, oh, "Yeah," and, I, and with the way the Jazz were playing, they just swept the Lakers in in in, in impressive fashion. I thought they were the better team that year. And, uh, you know, if uh, if certain players had stepped up to their reputations in that series, the Jazz would have won it. I never liked that uh, 80% or whatever of people who are of teams that win game one, win the series. That always bugged me because it, it ignores the fact that the favorite plays game one in every series. What do you mean plays? Or, 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 excuse me, the, the favorite has a home game in game one. I thought you series. said that this stuff doesn't matter. I said home court advantage doesn't matter. We're t- I'm talking about why, why does uh, uh, the, um, like, uh, the, the, the favorite is more likely to win game one, and you're also more likely to win game one on your home floor. So, I mean, of course, the winner of game one will win the series more often because the winner or the favorite is at home in game one. Okay. I never denied that home court advantage didn't exist. I just says I just uh, argue that it's not as meaningful as everybody makes it out to be because it's only one game. And that's if you get to a game seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was always my argument. Excuse well, me if I did not uh, uh, verbalize it very well there. Twenty two years ago, I was wrong. I've been wrong since. I've been right a lot, too. So uh, I was wrong. And uh, oops. <laughs> Darren. But you, Darren, you say what oops. are you doing? But then yeah, you... I should have gotten him on the show. I would like to talk to him. Hey, Darren, why are you bringing that up now? It's not even the 20th anniversary. It's the 22nd anniversary. Have you gotten... What's... I know, but Michael Jordan is, and that season is is so much more relevant now because of that docuseries on ESPN. I, I thought it might even show up in the docuseries, but it didn't. So I was happy about that. But you getting, a, you getting a lot of uh, social media blowback today? I haven't even looked. I haven't even looked. So uh, maybe I should check that out. But uh, probably. I imagine I will be. But... Look, there are a, a whole lot, and I wasn't a fan. That's the thing about it. I mean, I ripped Carl upside one. I mean, I was ripping him all the time for his his shortcomings. So I finally jump on board the Jazz bandwagon and give a big old prediction that they're going to win. And what do they do? They shrivel up and fall off the cliff. What? 
Carl's got the ball with uh, with a one-point lead with 18 seconds left and a low block. Are you kidding me? The Jazz lose? Uh, it shouldn't have happened that way. Hmm. But it did. And that's the way and it is. 22 I, years later, you're reminded of uh, a prediction you made. Yeah, now, by the way, you know what today's band of the day? I got the scars to prove all the times I've been wrong through the years. It's all right. It's all right. You know what the band of the day is today? What? Chicago? Oh, Ooh. that would have been good. No, we were going with the, the hits from 1998. <laughs> uh, and uh, the, the band Next, the band Next had the number one song uh, on today uh, on the Billboard Top 100. And it's this song Too Close, which I think most people are familiar with. But let's just say the, the rest of their catalog is not all that <laughs> they don't air- have one. arable. So uh, <laughs> we, we decided to go with all songs from 1998 as opposed to just the band next because we'd be hearing the song too close over, over and over and over again and i don't know if uh, if we want no. to do that either no we'd be yelling next next right so next. so there there was some really really bad music from 1998 <laughs> and we'll give you a We'll give you a good sampling. That was your prime, man. Uh, was it, was your, a, it was a bad those time. Were your college years, were they? Or your senior? And yeah, yeah. That that was right. In my my prime. You know what music is supposed to reflect years. You know, uh, and, and I'll tell you this, Gordon. Pop music. I'm not gonna say all music. Because, you know, somebody throws out some indie band from Omaha, Nebraska, and they're like, oh, this was really good. But <laughs> pop music in the late 90s, early 2000s, Gordon, was awful. Just Ooh. Awful, and we're gonna we're gonna prove that point today. Well, maybe you thought it was awful. Maybe other people liked it. True, true. Uh, just one person's opinion, not my thing. Well, I'm not going to apologize for that prediction, even though some jazz fans do like to blame me for what happened. But I, I say blame Stockton Malone. That's what I say. Blame them. Well, I blame me. I know who I'm not going to blame. That's PK. Well, or DJ. Uh, so what? Shall I apologize? I'm sorry. No, you don't owe anybody an apology. Oh, I just think you. You it, might owe PK one. Well, yes, it's been you, 22 years. Yeah. Of, PK did that to me. True, yeah, and it's throwing, there in your words. He, he's PK the one. The who, he's, he's the one who brought that to my attention. You know, so I think he he, he smiled upon it. But uh, but anyway, whatever. I mean, it, it is it is what it is. I was wrong on that on that case, but I really believe the Jazz were the better team that year, and. Uh, that's a compliment to the Utah Jazz. And they let me down. What can I tell you? Uh, they let down the fans, too. A great team, but didn't come through when they needed to. I'm just shocked because I, uh, the, the PK thing is blowing my mind right now. All right. You want me to tell the absolute truth? <laughs> the absolute 100% truth. It was me who poisoned the pizza. <laughs> oh, wait. That was a year before. Wasn't that it? was a year before. You still could have done it, though. <laughs> it was Gordon. You heard him admit. Austin has it on tape. Gordon just fessed up. Oh, man. Bull, you know, Bulls fans, Jordan fans are going to be cranky with you, Gordon. He just drank a cup of poison. <laughs> I know. I dumped it on there uh, liberally and whatever. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, that was really funny. Well done, Gordon. Well executed. Um, what, so the column was okay, aside from the fact that I was wrong. Yeah, I've got no problem with the okay. column. Yeah, or right, it, it wasn't all. It. it wasn't all of it. It was a a screen. Well, screenshot. It was a picture of the 
page on of the that, paper of the headline. Yeah, okay. uh, and right. you could read the first whatever until you had to flip to the other page. So it's it like, isn't the first time that's happened to me. I remember Jim Gray. The I think it was a year before. It was a year before that. I was somewhere in there. I had criticized Carl Malone. I think it was in '97, the year before. I had criticized written that column. Where are you, Carl? When he had disappeared, and uh, Jim Gray interviewed him. I think Jim Gray interviewed Carl during halftime of one of uh, the Bulls. It might have been the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not sure. But he held up my my column on NBC and said, Carl, look, when was the last time you cried, Carl? Hmm. Yeah. Is Jim Gray still around? What's he doing now? Don't know. Is he still yeah, doing the boxing? He's a stooge for Tom Brady on Monday Night Football Radio. <laughs> Why is he a stooge for Tom Brady? They have an interview during halftime of Monday Night Football's radio broadcast every week where it's just, Tom, tell us how great you are now. <laughs> Boy, it Tom, like- I wish I was as good as you at my job as you are at yours. <laughs> That's Tom Brady. I'm Jim Gray here on Westwood. And, and then Tom gives these answers like, gee, Jim, I, I don't uh, know. I, I was just, I've been lucky in my career. I really liked Jim Gray ever since he ambushed Pete Rose at that All-Star game where they actually <laughs> let Pete Rose into the building. And everybody everybody was like, oh, how can you ruin the moment? It's like, what do you mean, how could you ruin? you got to ask that question. Go right at him, man. It's Pete Rose. He cheated the game. Yeah, but then he He's also— banned from baseball, he also and deservedly did that, so. The awful The Decision Show with LeBron, though. Yeah, that was bad. That's true. <laughs> that wasn't journalism. So some good, some bad. Yeah, I'm with you there. But I never that was under- like the Ricky Lake uh, show. I, I never know. understood why people were upset at him for asking Pete Rose those questions at that moment. It's like, it's the first time he's been in a major league ballpark since he was banned from the game. And you're supposed to just say, oh, Pete, why are you so wonderful? <laughs> well, he can do it for Tom. Why couldn't he do it for Pete? Good point. Well, we all have to answer for our indiscretions, right? I mean. That we do, Gordo. That yeah. we do. All right. Um. Let's let's actually we'll get to the split story of the day. Let's do that coming up right around the corner. Um, we we've had a lot of information come out today, Gordon, about what the NBA could possibly look like if, of course, uh, this stuff passes the the vote on Thursday. We'll tell you what's being reported coming up next. Very exciting stuff. Very uh, happy that we're getting news about the NBA returning. So we'll talk about that coming up right around the corner. It's a big day for Gordon. The 22 years ago <laughs> just, today, he I wrongly predicted the 1998 NBA Finals. I just saw it. Uh, here it is. I'll be. Isn't that something? Right Thanks, there. Thanks, Darren. Appreciate that. That's, uh, that's all right. Whatever. As long as they spell my name right. I, uh, I liked the, the picture you can kind of see. Is it, I don't. Oh, wait. Maybe I got to. Click on that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there it is. I'll be there gone. Yep. And you see that paragraph there? Uh, Let's see. The, the, I wouldn't bet my life on it, but I would lay down, (laughs) say, $10 billion. All right. That might have been a little bit of hyperbole. If I had put down $10 billion, I only would have had five left. Mark that. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, let's let's hear that again. Well, I don't uh, have it ready. Now, often, but... no, no, no. Just throughout the show, maybe a couple of times a segment uh, in perpetuity, and uh, we'll be we'll be happy. Anyway, Gordon, okay. I, I actually, you know what? That's I think it's cool. Twenty-two years ago today, Gordon wrote a column that uh, 
has lived for 22 years. That's got to be fairly satisfying, right? Uh, well, I, I, uh, I'm honored. I really am. I'm honored to be highlighted to being wrong. Nah. You right. should be. All right. Like I said, it, it, it wasn't the last time. There have been plenty of times, but uh, highlighted it is. All right. The latest with the NBA coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Band of the Day today is uh, songs from 1998 because Gordon, 22 years ago today, wrote a very controversial poem that was resurfaced by Darren Ravel. So we'll, we'll, we'll play some real gems today. You've heard this I song, like, haven't I, you, Gordon? I, I like this song. I never really listened to the words. I think everybody's heard this song, right? This was this was actually the number one song today in 1998. And, and what's it called? And for the whole year. And for the whole yeah. year. Called Too, Too Close. Close by Next. Wow, all right. I like it, man. You I like were fading. All right. Uh, but I think <laughs> everybody's good. fairly familiar with the, with that song. So they're... Uh, yeah, right. so yeah, we're off to a good start. Or at go. least what it talks about. Uh <laughs> Well, you know, we've all been there. What does it talk about? <laughs> Dancing. Chemical and uh, biology. Uh, Gordon, let's talk about the NBA and what's going on. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported it first, and uh, we'll just go with his report. I thought, we'd, I thought we'd go ahead and stop that conversation there, if that's all right with the two of you. Uh, the NBA. Talking, are you talking about uh, essentially biological processes? Correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah, very much. Uh, the NBA's Board of Governors intends to approve a league proposal on a 22-team format to restart the season in Orlando, Florida. The conference call vote is set for 12.30 Eastern on Thursday, Gordon. Uh, Commissioner Adam Silver and the League's Advisory Finance Committee have shared the broad details of a plan uh, about the return. The plan includes 13 Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams, eight regular season games, a possible play-in tournament for the eighth seed, and playoffs. So the top 16 teams in both conferences will be joined by uh, teams currently within six games of eighth place, Gordon, uh, which would be New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Washington. And the play-in tournament will include the number eight and nine teams if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth seed. In that case, the number eight seed enters a double elimination tournament and the ninth seed a single elimination tournament. See, I think that's pretty generous to the ninth place team. See, if you're within four games. Okay, so I thought that too until I rethought it a little bit, and maybe I still do actually because four is a lot. But think yeah. about think about this, Gordon. Those teams that I just mentioned that are outside the the playoffs, they just went to being the worst teams in the league. So they are going to be the underdogs in every game almost and you know when they yeah. play each other they're going to be the underdogs in every game they play. There's going to be real um aggressive swings in the standings because all of a sudden you're weeding out the automatic right. Ws. Right. And so, you know, if you're playing the the Lakers, the the Clippers, the Rockets all in a row, you know, 
it might be wins might be tough to come by. You know what I yeah. mean? So four yeah. games might not be as wide a berth as we picture four games in our mind because all of a sudden it's going to be harder to get W's, which means you could lose ground quick uh, and you could gain ground quick. Well, this is uh, this is important in a lot of ways, not just the way you just described, but and we mentioned that uh, yesterday when we were talking about that before. We knew exactly what this was going to be. And this isn't official yet. This is just what's being reported. But the Jazz, uh, all these teams are playing eight games. The Jazz better be careful. Yep. Because the Thunder are only a game back. You got Houston two and a half back. You got Dallas two and a half back. And they they might be able to make some headway, too. I mean, what, uh, Denver's just, what, a game and a half ahead of them? The Clippers are two and a half games ahead of them. So everybody's going to have to... Uh, be ready to go uh, if, if seeding is important to them. Now, I don't know how the Lakers feel about that because maybe they feel like they've got remarkable talent and uh, this is just uh, going through the motions here. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I understand that it's a different season. It's weird uh, to have this kind of break in the, in, toward the end of it. But uh, – I, I guess it's growing on me a little bit. I think it's all right. I, I was in favor of going straight to the playoffs, but maybe this will be okay this way as long as everybody can stay safe. But I still think that four-game gap from eight to nine is that that even I understand what you said, Jake, but I I think that is uh, a fairly wide gap. And uh, we wondered whether there would be any Eastern Conference non-playoff teams involved in anything, and sure enough, there. There's one. There are the Wiz. So, yeah. It, it also works in Phoenix's favor because they, you know, some people thought they might be left out, and now they have an opportunity. Meanwhile, you have teams that are not qualifying for any of this who are upset. One, because they don't have an opportunity to continue to develop their team. Two, they think uh, nine months is a long time to go between games uh, so they're campaigning. If they can't get into this, then they're campaigning for a fall league, some kind of competitive structure where their teams won't have to just sit on the sidelines for that amount of time, which is a long, long time. I will grant them that. Yeah, I have I have sympathy for that. But, well, I mean, pretty much every single one of our NBA guests that, uh, that we've had on ha- has said in some way, shape, or form, not everybody is going to be happy with this. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, it's unfortunate. I, I do. I have, I have sympathy for that. I think you're, you're Atlanta. You're a developing team. You want to get Trey Young minutes, game experience. You want to get him uh, on the same page as Clint Capella. I mean, you know, they have some motivations to to play these games because they're developing teams. These aren't uh, necessarily veteran teams that would benefit from rest. So I, I certainly can sympathize with that and would embrace any solution like a fall league, if possible, or something that they could come up with. But the truth is, I mean, no solution was going to please everybody. It just wasn't going to happen. You know, my response to those teams that are complaining about not getting in would be you should have played better earlier, you know. I mean, nobody could have forecast this. Nobody knew this was happening other than Madame Zelda out there somewhere. We didn't know. Nobody knew. And so, it, I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, I, 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 it's not completely fair, but it's not completely unfair. A little addendum to this as well. Adrian Wojnarowski sent this out. He said, while players and coaches will be allowed to golf and eat at outdoor restaurants in Disney, they will also be required to maintain social distancing. Uh, okay. 
What I don't understand is somebody was saying the way the players are going to sit on the bench, they have to be a certain amount of distance apart from each other. How does that make sense when these guys are out on the court getting in each other's jocks, playing defense and banging into each other and being in very close proximity? So I'm not sure I understand exactly what the rest of that is. That feels like, um, and I don't mean this as negatively as it's going to sound, but that's, that's uh, there's a little propaganda to that. Okay. A little, yeah. you're going to send the message that you're being careful. I mean, it, ideally, the bubble concept is that you don't have to, to worry about the transmission. Even though, as we've talked many, many times, you know, the risk is always there. You know, you're, the idea is to minimize the risk enough that you don't really have to worry about it and can continue on. I, I think those types of things are just, I, I think they're signals you're sending to everybody that you're taking it seriously and you're still mitigating risk even when the risk has been mitigated to, you know, a, a very slight amount. So that, that would be my answer or my guess. One thing I haven't read, uh, Jake, so far in these more recent reports, I haven't seen how often will the testing be happening? Uh, I have not seen that official yeah. word uh, yet either. But I, I, I think we can assume that it's going to be a regular process. Right. With enough uh, testing required, if somebody if they did get a positive test, they could test, you know, everybody on the team or everybody that uh, talked to that player in the last whatever hour period. So and I think I read somewhere where the family access will be greatly limited. Uh, yes. Um, or at least maybe until the postseason. Well, here's this from uh, from the same report. The NBA is planning to have uniform daily testing for the coronavirus within the Disney campus environment. Okay. If All a player right. tests positive for the virus, the league's intent would be to remove that player from the team quarantine and treat individually and continue to test other team members as they play on. So you're just you're you're hoping to catch it before the the spread can be significant. I wonder what will happen if there are two or more players who test positive. You just play on. Yeah, I think they're just saying you you pull them off the line. Hopefully, you caught it before it spread. You know, with within the whole team, and you can play on. What if three or four? See, there's wiggle room for real mystery. With this whole thing. I, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, I'm kind of glad if they can do it safely. I'm glad. But there is that other side of it where you wonder how it's going to. Well, what if? There's that what if there. And nobody wants to see any of that happen. But it's certainly well, not no, no, outside but, the realm of possibility. But but here's here's how I would. Here's how I would answer that, because you're right. Nothing is outside the realm of possibility. But if you are testing every day, the likelihood of five players testing positive on the same exact day, that's got to be extraordinarily Yeah, but this is going to drag on for months. Right. But that's, I mean, on the same day, having half your team test positive. I mean, the, the likelihood of that has got to be next to nothing. Yeah, and if you if you nip it in the bud before it has a chance to spread on then you know you you kind of reset to zero right you reset the likelihood you reset the odds to zero i mean that's the idea Mm -hmm. yeah so i i i'm with you that anything's possible and you need to prepare for these scenarios but i if, if we're looking at like odds i would say the odds of that are are extremely low yeah i i imagine yeah i would agree with that 
So, but I mean, and could... that's what all this is about is mitigating and, and improving your odds. I mean, because yeah. as, as we've discussed for a long time, nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing carries zero risk. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think the NBA, I, I, gotta, I applaud the NBA. I, I think they've handled this about as well as any league could have. And this was not my preference, but uh, I, the more I think about it, the more I think, hey, this might turn out okay, or at least as best as possible under these circumstances. Well, remember when we were talking about this, I think it was last week, the biggest, the biggest question, and this is the information that, that none of us in the media, at least right now, has, is the logistics is the hard part. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Adam Silver, and again, we've, we've talked about this, too, where we're all the NBA community putting a lot of faith uh, in Adam Silver that he's going to make the right decisions. And so if he looks at the logistics and says they can he believes that they can pull off this thing with 22 teams, well, then I'm, I'm inclined to trust him because that's that's the biggest question. Everybody who who doles out an opinion doesn't have the answer or even remotely to that question. So we've all got to trust that Adam Silver and the NBA can pull this off logistically? Because that's the, that's the biggest question mark. Yeah, and, and we talked about it earlier. I mean, I, have you been to Disney World? Have you been to Disney down there? I have not been to the wide world of sports. I've been to Disney World, yes. But... Okay, you've been to that area. It's huge. Well, I mean, it, it's a big, big area. 40 square miles, right? It's, it's bigger than Manhattan. But I wonder about the accessibility to hotels i i you know and especially the kinds of hotels these guys are used to staying in i i know given this what's going on in our world uh, right now health uh, and and safety and equality are the big questions of the day but it you do you know you don't sit here and fret too much about oh man those poor nba players one of them one team is going to be staying at a five-star hotel and and those poor other guys, man, they got to go all the way down to a four-star, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, Gordon, I've got one word for you, or what I think is one word. Monorail. <laughs> Disney yeah, World has gotta, the monorail. You still got to stay, you still got to sleep in a bed. You still got to have, you know, room service because you don't want to be ordering out for a pizza, you know. Well, they can go to outdoor yeah. restaurants, Gordon. Oh, I have pizza. Oh, I forgot you poisoned Michael Jordan. Uh, hey, real quick here, covering uh, Disney World, 40 square miles. Walt Disney World is about the size of San Francisco or two Manhattan islands. <laughs> I remember when they built that place. And it was, it was, I remember looking at the maps, looking at the pictures of the aerial shots. Huge. And then when I went there, I, you know, I went there for, uh, as a part of my uh, senior year in high school our uh we, a bunch of buddies of mine we all got together and we went on down there roller coasters and were around back then yeah they, they were wooden and was, they were was, nailed they were nailed together was but the they, only ride a steamboat willy theme and a carousel <laughs> i'll never forget we were there on july 2nd uh could you be there at a busier time and could you be there at a hotter time no on both counts, but we had we had so much fun. We were just there for one day, and then we went down and stayed at the beach. But uh, I I looked around. I said, "This place is big." And then when I took my kids down there, uh, it it went. I couldn't believe it was bigger than I remembered it being. Everything. I mean, all over the place. So it's not like these guys will be, 
in a situation where they're isolated in some corner of the world. I mean, they'll have some area to roam. And as you said, they'll be able to play golf. Do they allow for other things? Uh, not that were mentioned specifically that I've seen. So, but I'm sure so uh, just, you know shuffleboard it, is out. I I, th- I think this is better than the Vegas option. Why is that? You know? I, I I don't know. I just think it seems like it's a little more. Uh, what's the word? Uh, not it's not contained, but it's. It's kind of all in that same place. If they were in Vegas, they'd be all over the place, wouldn't they? I don't know. Maybe maybe the strip is smaller than the area you're talking about down in Disney. I'm sure you could have pulled it off in Vegas. I mean, maybe it's easier in Orlando, but I I I, I truly think if these big leagues, these you know billions and billions of dollars leagues, they can put their mind and come up with some sort of solution given the parameters that we're all operating under and it, the, the NBA is doing that. Maybe it was easier in Orlando that's why they selected there. I would guess it's because ESPN is their television partner so they kind of you know they've got to go through some hoops with that too so you might as well give them the pub of doing it there. I don't know. But I, I, I bet they could have pulled it off anywhere. And what kind of role is Vegas casinos remaining open throughout this whole thing playing into their decision? Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot more public access That's in true. Vegas right now than there is in Orlando. the Epcot Center. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder what which people are going to be seen as being uh, essential for this kind of putting this kind of production on. I mean, you got, obviously you got the players and you got the coaches – and then you got the officials, people who run the clock and all that stuff. Who else is essential? Well, Building I mean, a security. television crew, however, I mean, it'd have to be bare bones, but we're still talking about a bunch of people. Building yeah. security. I mean, we it would be impossible to probably list out each individual because there's, there's behind-the-scenes folks that – I mean, we, we, I heard Locke talk about this. Like, uh, can you take your social media person – you know, can you take uh, – what about reporters? Is it going to have to be a pool reporter? Do do national reporters go? I mean, I just – there's a lot of unanswered questions there. I don't know if we could really – but the the number we saw yesterday was, what, 70 people a team? Hmm. And that's not – we're not talking about the, the crew required to, to stage the whole bubble environment. I mean, you know, we could never get down into the weeds of the front desk people at the hotel. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. How big are the gyms? Does it matter? Well, I just wondered uh, how much, uh, you know, how f- far apart. Are, are we talking about high school type gyms? Are we talking about major arenas? I think there are. Cue the line from Hoosiers. I think there are. They're set up. See with, that hoop right there? <laughs> yeah, right. They're all the same size. What are you ta- talking about? I meant. I meant baseline to baseline. Too. They have those, uh, the Wide World of Sports, they, they host like kids camps there, right? So they, they have those gyms with basketball courts that are just back to back to back to back. I'd imagine that's what they're using. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it, picture a big barn with a dozen basketball courts. Cause so will games be going like uh, from 7 in the morning until 10 o'clock I at think night? they said the first ones are going to start at noon somewhere, right? There, noon Eastern. So, and then they'll just do almost like your college football Saturday, Gordon, where you have the time slots. Mm-hmm. So the first games will start at noon. Second games start at, and we're talking Eastern here, so it would be 10. You know, start at 10 here. So like March Madness times. Uh, yes, exactly. You you give, you know, three hours to get a game in and a break and then start the next game. So maybe you have four or five time slots where you can play games. I mean, it's going to be a smorgasbord of NBA basketball. Like it it, it actually has the, the potential to be really 
really cool, I think. That sounds pretty cool. You know? I just hope everyone stays awesome. healthy, that's all. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen basketball for how many months? And when it does come back at the end of July, we're going to have wall-to-wall basketball all day, every day for at least, what, first few weeks? What if people decide they like this better? <laughs> I don't uh, think that doing a bubble environment for an NBA season is, is permanently possible. So I don't think, I don't uh, I don't think their whole, opinion is going to matter much. We have a whole generation of sports fans who have grown up watching games on TV. I know, but they still have to make some money at the gate. Forty That's 40% of revenue. Yeah, I know. I know. And you can't, you know, get under normal circumstances, you can't fill a 20,000-seat arena at noon on a Tuesday. I'll tell you, though, if fans, if if a small number of fans could get access to tickets, can you imagine getting a day pass to this kind of thing? It'd be awesome. Oh, it'd Holy be incredible. Cow. It'd be incredible. Including playoff games? Okay, uh, if you were a basketball fan, I wonder, uh, you know, and it meant that you have to go through the whole rigmarole and it's just you going and you have to get tested every day and you have to spend that time away from your family, would you do it? If you could just watch all game, all these games? No, I wouldn't. I wonder if there are fans uh, of basketball that are that diehard that I they do there it. Are, there are plenty. I bet there are plenty, too. Mm-hmm. All right, yep. we'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Steve Kyler coming up top 3 o'clock hour. David Locke, our good friend, will join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. If I had put down $10 billion, I only would have had five left. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was as glorious as I remembered it. It was me who poisoned the pizza. Wow. You know, <laughs> And we're not even I an said- hour into the show. If I said it was ten billion, I'd have five left. I meant five dollars. No, that's not. It's your word against your yeah, word. It is your word against your <laughs> word. <laughs> oh man! So uh, looking forward to talking to uh, to Steve Kyler coming up top three o'clock hour of Basketball Insiders. We'll get his thoughts on uh, on everything going on. Uh, Gordon, let's let's get to this real quick. But I want our listeners to brainstorm a little bit and let's see if we can come up with some ideas throughout the show. But ESPN uh, has an article out there, Dave uh, McMiniman. Uh, talking about how the NBA is batting about ideas of how to get a home court advantage feel to the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And so here's some of the ideas, and these aren't all of them, mind you, but some of the ideas that ESPN is is reporting that they're batting about. And I'm wondering if we and our listeners can do better. Um, actually, some of these are pretty good, though. Here, the higher-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the traditional jump ball to begin the game. Uh, The higher-seed team being allowed to designate one player to be able to be whistled for seven fouls instead of six before fouling out. Uh, The higher-seeded team receiving an extra coach's challenge. 
the higher-seeded teams being able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home playing experience. Uh, and uh, one more, an off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seating 1 through 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they will stay at in the ESPN Worldwide of Sports Complex at Disney World Resort. ESPN is uh, owned by Walt Disney. So there, there are some of the uh, ideas that are out there. Gordon, any, uh, do, do you like one, dislike one? What do you think? I think they're all dumb. I don't think all they're all of them. I don't think they're all. They're dumb. all dumb. Well, how? how? Well, you cannot have a situation on the court where you're giving by rule one team an advantage over the other. Why not? It's because you can't do that. Playing a home game, that's that's a rule. You get an well, advantage know, playing a home the, game. But, the, but, that's, but that's, that's what they're trying to capture. Different. I understand that. But if you give one team an extra coach's challenge, come on, you can't do that. Why not? It's unfair. They don't play neutral games in in the NBA. There's always a certain built-in unfairness. Maybe if you want to bring in the court, but uh, see, that's that, the dumbest one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but I, they're I'm all the to, same material. Yeah, that's you can't, the, you can't that, change the rules to favor one team over another. You just can't. Well, the hotel draft isn't changing any sort of rule, and <laughs> I kind of like some of these. I, I didn't like the sixth foul one. I do like the. I like the higher-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the jump ball, and here's why. Because if you think about it, how many points do you think you get from being at home? In football, the gamblers say three, right? Basketball is probably a, maybe a little bit more, but not much. So by awarding an extra possession, you know, you make up for some of that, I think. Yeah, is, that what that, is that what that amounts to, is just one extra possession? Well, it w- it could be two in some cases, depending okay, so on who wins the I, depending I th- on who wins the jump ball. I think that's too much of an advantage. Well, I mean, those aren't even guaranteed points. It's just two extra possessions. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like uh, if, I think they ought to that's let not too much. They ought to let one team have Vuvuzelas on the bench to distract the other team's <laughs> free throw shooters, but that team doesn't get any noisemakers, and how, they have to stay silent. How about the underdog? Well, we said ha- they wouldn't be changing the rules on the court. How about the underdog? has to wear uh, shoes on the wrong feet. Brilliant. This is great. Like if you were For the, at least half of the If game, you were yeah. the road team, you have to play with your shoes on the wrong left feet. Left on right, right on left. Right. Yeah. I, 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 that's a little severe. I'd say maybe just wear a shoe that's uh, a size too big. What if we gave the home team water balloons? And they could launch water balloons from the bench at the opponent. How about, how about you, you poison the road team the night before? Ah. Gordon, you know about that, don't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah it's me who poisoned the pizza. We, you, you, you poison a bunch of pizzas and you make the road team eat them. On live TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, even better televise it. Well, as I found out when I did that to Michael Jordan, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is you have to overcome. You're the road team. And in that circumstance, Michael Jordan not only overcame a raucous Delta Center at the time, but also the poisoning. How about for the first and third quarters, the visiting team can only shoot layups and nothing else? Hmm. How about the visiting team, you designate one player that has to play the whole game? (laughs) (laughs) If that were the case, who would you pick on the Jazz? Donovan Mitchell or Rudy? Rudy. Is it at the choice of the the other team? 
No, no, no. I think it, it would have to be your choice. But just okay. know that Rudy, if in this circumstance, by the end of the game, he's, and he's that's gonna, a seven-game series. He's going to be gassed. Uh, you could make one team run backward. That's a great idea. Uh, see, now you're jumping on board here, Gordon. We can do uh, this. I believe in us. It's funny, but it's stupid. At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson, at Austin Horton. I, I honestly, a couple of these I don't think are stupid. The the hotel one, I really don't think that's stupid. I think that could give you an advantage. The, the possession one, wait, wait, I don't wait, think wait, that wait. that's. I don't think that's stupid. How does sleeping in a bed give you an advantage? Because if it's a bed a at the Ritz. Bed. Or a bet at Tom Bodell leave the light on. Right. See, you get more rest. Where you're bunking with the the backup. You know, staying at the nicer hotel might actually soften you up a little bit. It might. See? You never know. I'd still, if it were me, I'd pick the the nicer one. Maybe you'd get some, uh, you know, some coach out there that that wants to motivate his players, and they would actually pick the lesser hotel. Ah. Huh? How about about something like this? How about a, a coach... Uh, who disallowed from talking to his players for a quarter. Yeah, see? Now you're thinking. All right, Steve Kyler joins the show. Coming up next, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.